bulletin, historic win for traditional owners as a court throws out Woodside's seismic blasting approval. The Disability Royal Commission's final report set to be published to be publicly released. And Australia observes National Police Remembrance Day. Traditional owner is elated after successfully challenging Woodside Energy's plan to begin seismic blasting off Western Australia as part of its Scarborough gas project. But the head of Australian energy producers has called on governments to develop better regulations that provide clarity and certainty for the industry. Traditional custodian Raylan Cooper, a modernera woman, filed for a judicial review in August of the regulator's decision to approve Woodside's blasting plan. The challenge argued that the National Offshore Petroleum Safety and Environmental Management Authority made a legal error. Federal Court Justice Craig Colvin agreed. Despite finding Woodside's legally required consultation with First Nations stakeholders was inadequate, approval was given for the seismic testing to begin with a condition for further consultation. Ms. Cooper says the victory is significant. This is our time to start thinking of the future for us all. Every single soul and heartbeat that walks this planet. Because what's going on out at Murujuga? What's going on in the Ngura, our Ngura, in the Pilbara, the Kimberleys, um, the eastern states? It doesn't stop just here today. It's continuing all the time. I just feel this win is really for everybody. A study led by MIT University has found a significant gap in digital inclusion for First Nations people compared with other Australians with remote communities among the worst affected. The study has found that 45.9% of First Nations participants are highly excluded from access to things like mobile phone or internet access compared with 94.4% of the general Australian population. The research, the first time that First Nations digital inclusion has been measured nationally by remoteness, has found accessing digital technologies is most challenging in remote communities due to poor communications infrastructure and household access, as well as patchy congested mobile services. Lead investigator and MIT Senior Research Fellow Dr. Daniel Featherstone says that with essential services increasingly moving online, more needs to be done to make sure all Australians have digital access. Government are deliberately transitioning to online service delivery by 2025. All your MyGov and your banking and your and your Centrelink payments, all the billing and um, information that you need nowadays and particularly in remote communities where there aren't those face-to-face services that other people take for granted, being online is, is critical to be able to access essential services. The Bayano Ilamunda Indigenous Performing Arts and Storytelling Festival has kicked off in Sydney. The festival showcases local and international First Nations voices in the performing arts, aiming to Aiming to create a platform for Indigenous artists to connect and share stories, the festival is now celebrating its 10th year. Festival director Lily Shearer says the festival offers opportunities for the exchange of knowledge and experience across diverse First Nations communities. Those exchanges are really important to us as, as colonised countries. Um, we 
a lot of our trauma and and comes and our through our stories and that is healing for our people and that makes our people stronger it also um, helps break down it helps build relationships with non-aboriginal people to understand our point of view where we're coming from i think that's really really important A disability advocate says many Australians are in for a massive shock when the government unveils the long-awaited findings of the Disability Royal Commission today. About 10,000 Australians delivered evidence through written submissions, private sessions and public hearings over more than four years. People with Disability Australia Board President Nicole Lee says she's waiting for the report to be made public but adds the final report is unlikely to surprise those living with disabilities. Shadow Defence Minister Andrew Hestie has criticised a plan to relocate troops to Northern Australia as part of the Albanese government's reforms of the Australian Defence Form. Defence Minister Richard Mars announced generalist units will be restructured as specialist light, armoured and motorised combat brigades with hundreds of soldiers moving north to bases in Darwin and Townsville. The move would see soldiers relocated from from bases in Brisbane and Adelaide moved further north, although Adelaide will later see a new brigade set up to focus on long-range firing capabilities, air and missile defence. Mr. Hestie says that with the ADF facing ongoing retention and recruitment issues, the plan could potentially alienate current serving members if forced to relocate. One of the biggest challenges facing the Australian Defence Force is the recruitment and retention challenge. Defence is competing with the private sector for workers, for people who serve our country. And so relocating people from Adelaide where they're settled with their families, I think we'll see uh, a lot of retention issues in the next few years. The make of an army helicopter. The make of a NAMI helicopter involved in a fatal training exercise will be pulled from service more than a year before its intended withdrawal date. Defence Minister Richard Marles confirmed the MRH-90 Taipan helicopters won't return to flying as part of Australian Defence Force operations. It's really the only decision that makes sense. We had made clear that we wouldn't be flying these aircraft again until the investigations were completed, that we understood what had happened and we'd made any rectifications that needed to occur. There are now four investigations on foot. Already one of them's made clear that it will take 12 months for them to reach their conclusion and we were planning to uh, retire the Taipans at the end of next year anyway and so there is no world to be flying these helicopters again. The helicopters were scheduled to be withdrawn from service in December 2024. The early phasing out of the Taipan follows a crash off the Queensland coast in July which killed four people on board during military drills as part of exercise Talisman Sabre. The federal government has ruled out any plans for fuel subsidy amid price surge. It follows the release of new data indicating continuing rise in cost of living with fuel costs up 9.1% in August, in August, gas up 12.9% and electricity up 12.7%. Mr Chalmers told ABC Radio National the government already has a cost of living plan. It's not something that we are currently contemplating and one of the reasons for that is we've got, I think, uh, a much better way of providing cost of living help for people. I mean, we are literally right now rolling out billions of dollars in cost of living support 
and we're doing that in a way that takes some of the edge off inflation rather than adding to it. It's our number one priority to deal, help people deal with these cost of living pressures. Uh, and that's costing billions of dollars, but it's money well spent and it's being delivered in a way that takes some of the edge off inflation without adding to it. Australians will have better privacy protections and small businesses will need to invest more in data security under proposed laws flagged by the government. Concerns over complex and lengthy privacy policies that lead to Australians simply ticking the box to get their product or service without reading disclaimers have prompted Attorney General Mark Dreyfus to agree in principle to undertake reforms. They include protecting against dark patterns that nudge users to consent to more privacy intrusions than necessary. The families of police constables Matthew Arnold and Rachel McCraw have remembered the day their lives were shattered when both were gunned down. Today, September 29, marks National Police Remembrance Day when services are held across the country with three officers killed on the job in the past 12 months. The third name added to Canberra's National Police Memorial this year will be that of 28-year-old Constable Anthony Woods, who was run over and killed following a pursuit in June this year. Constable Arnold, 26, and McCraw, 29, were following up a missing persons report on a remote Queensland property in December last year when they came under fire from a high-powered rifle. Constable Arnold was killed while a wounded Constable McCraw returned fire before she was also fatally shot. And in sport, thousands of AFL fans have turned out for a motorcade procession this morning ahead of the grand final. The procession is back on Friday morning after the, after last year's grand finalists were made to travel on boats as fans watched from the banks of the Yarra River. Many supporters said they couldn't even see the players from popular vantage points. The AFL conceded the River Parade didn't allow fans the best viewing and overall event experience and the parade was brought back this year. And having a look at the weather around the country, Broome, sunny 32, Perth, partly cloudy 24, Adelaide, sunny 28, Melbourne, sunny 25, Hobart, Ashao, 224, Albury, Wodonga, sunny 24, Canberra, mostly sunny 26, Wollongong, sunny 28, Sydney, also sunny 29, Newcastle, similar conditions, 32 degrees, Brisbane, partly cloudy 27, Townsville, also partly cloudy and a top of 27, Keynes, partly cloudy 28, Ali Springs, sunny day 26, Darwin, sunny 35, and the Torres Strait Islands, a partly cloudy day and a top of 29 degrees. And that is NITV Radio News. 